0: Welcome to Secrets to Victorious Living Podcast. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I'm Lucia Claiborne. Thank you for joining me today as we discover God's secrets to help you overcome life's challenges. This will help you become victorious in every area of your life. Today's your day to start walking in and experiencing a greater level of victory. Today, we're continuing our discussion with part three of the authority that we have as a believer. As we begin today, I'd like to remind you that I've shared when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you are given power and authority over Satan because you're seated in heaven with Jesus at the right hand of Father God, which is the place of authority, and that you can have confidence in knowing there is power backing you up when you speak faith-filled words. Last week, I told you that Jesus gave you keys to the kingdom, and those keys represent authority and power. I also shared with you that Satan's weakest moment is when you turn to face him. Let's begin today in Ephesians 1, 18-23. In the Message Bible, it reads, I ask, as the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from the dead and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Now, isn't that exciting? I love that passage. Verse 19 in the New King James Version reads, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? There was such an overwhelming display of God's power in raising Jesus from the dead that this is actually the greatest, the mightiest work of God ever recorded. Therefore, the source of our authority is found in this resurrection and exaltation of Jesus by God. In Ephesians 1.18, Holy Spirit is praying through Paul that the eyes of the Ephesians understanding, which is their spirit man, would be opened to these truths. He wanted all the churches, all those that were called or that have called on Jesus to be saved, to be enlightened. However, the truth of the authority of the believer is overlooked by many Christians today. In fact, many believers don't even know that they have authority that's been given to them. This authority that we've been given will never be understood with our mind or our intellect. We must get it by spiritual revelation and then believe it by faith. Ephesians 2, 1-7 in the Message Bible says, It wasn't so long ago that we were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose His temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, He embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on His own with no help from us. Then He picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our messiah now god has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in christ jesus the same verb in ephesians 1 that expresses the reviving of jesus from the dead expresses the reviving of his people in ephesians 2 1 the act of god that raised jesus from the dead also raised his body or his church. That's you and me. In God's mind, when he raised Jesus from the dead, you were raised from the dead. And if you were or are raised from the dead with Jesus, then you are also seated with Jesus in the place of authority. As you get the revelation that you're the body of Christ, you'll rise up and do the works of Jesus on an unlimited basis. This is because the authority that belongs to Jesus also belongs to us as an individual member of his body. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. You are one with Jesus Christ. You are seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. All things have been put under your feet. The enemy is under your feet. He is your footstool. One of the challenges with people believing this is that many people have been taught that it's all about what happened on the cross, and they haven't gone past the cross to what happened on the day of Pentecost, the ascension of Jesus to heaven, and then the throne of God. The cross is actually the place of death and defeat, whereas the resurrection of Jesus is the place of triumph and victory. When you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you take that next step to be baptized in water, this is a representation of your death as you go under the water, which that's what mean, baptized means, is submerging. And when you come up out of the water, it represents that you're being raised to new life in Jesus. This new life places you with him as a Christian, and that's where you are right now. You're seated in the place of authority above all your enemies. Now, as a Christian, we have got to settle in our minds and believe in our hearts that we have authority over Satan. And, you know, we don't have to go through life with the attitude that we're dominated by the devil. He's the one who causes chaos and destruction in our lives. He brings sickness, disease, poverty, lack, fear, unbelief strife. These are just a few of the tactics that he uses. You know, we don't need to magnify the devil more than we magnify God in our life situations. And more importantly, we don't need to blame God for what Satan is doing in our life. I would like to remind you again, as I said last week, that John 10, 10 is the dividing line in the Bible to determine where things come from in our life. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's from Satan. When we can determine who's behind the events in our life, it's very simple to know if it's God or if it's Satan. Let's look at John 10.10. I like the Amplified Version, which reads, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full it overflows. If you're not enjoying a good life full of abundance until it overflows, maybe it's time to walk in your authority and enforce Satan's defeat so that you can be delivered from that bondage of his grip. When you walk in your authority, you can walk in the newness of life that Jesus died to give you. When you see someone living a good life, you can know that it didn't just happen. You can see from our story, a story of we lost our home, and our vehicle. We lost it to foreclosure and repossession. We went from a home with over 4,000 square feet to a 900-square-foot apartment for six of us to live in. It was during those six years in that apartment that I got a greater revelation of my God-given authority and how much God loves me. I knew that God had given me authority and that I was already seated in a place of authority at the right hand of Father God with Jesus, which I said earlier is the center of the whole universe. However, when I started exercising my authority over Satan by speaking God's word to him, This is when things began to change in our lives. When I realized that God wants us to comprehend the fact that we should reign as kings just like Jesus did here on earth and partake of the authority that his throne represents, things began to change in our lives. When our focus changed to enforcing Satan's defeat in our life, what we spoke began to change, which caused the situations in our life to change, which ultimately made our life better. Now, I would like to give you an example of what Holy Spirit did for me and what he showed me so that it will possibly help you or someone you know. The morning after we moved from our home, I sat on the bed with my Bible. And before I opened it, I said, God, I just need one verse to stand on to know that we're going to make it through this situation. Please show me your promise for this situation. I sat there for just a minute and I listened. And then I opened my Bible to Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven which affirmed that God has good plans for us, plans to prosper us and not harm us, and plans to give us a hope and a future. This is my go-to verse to remind me that God loves me and always wants good things for me. Although that verse brought me comfort, I felt like there was something more that God wanted to tell me. So I kept reading. I was reading my message Bible, and it doesn't have verses numbered, but I came to Jeremiah 30, and it was about the 18th verse, and I kept reading on through verse 21. After I read those verses, I had to stop and reread them. Holy Spirit had taken me to the exact promise that I needed for that very moment. I want to share that passage with you, and I want to tell you that when you see the, the name Jacob you can put your name in the place of Jacob. So I'm going to read this as I read it to myself. Again, God's message. I'll turn things around for Lucia. Again, God's message. I'll turn things around for Lucia. I'll compassionately come in and rebuild homes. The town will be rebuilt on its old foundations. The mansions will be splendid again. Thanksgivings will pour out the windows. Laughter will will spill through the doors. Things will get better and better. Depression days are over. They'll thrive. They'll flourish. Amen. Glory to God. Holy Spirit took me to the exact passage with God's promise to us. I was so thankful that He showed me His promise. You know, as we began rebuilding our new life in that tiny little apartment, I began saying, Depression days are over. We're thriving. We're flourishing. God is rebuilding our mansion. Thanksgivings are going to pour out those windows, and laughter is going to spill through those doors. And one by one, my family began saying the same thing, and God did exactly what we were confessing. Our life went on. Our focus changed to making our life better, and the days have become better and better. We now own our own home and land again, and to us, it is more splendid than the one we had before. Depression days are far from us, and we are thriving. And we are flourishing because that is what we confessed. And that's what we believe God to do for us. I'd like to share one more example of how I used my authority to change a situation that affected not only my family, but the people that lived on our street. To give you a little background about myself, before I allowed Holy Spirit to work in my heart, I was a very loud person. Now, I can get loud now, but I prefer to speak in a lower tone, (laughs) You know, I'm thankful for my pastor's wife and her example to me that you don't have to be loud to be effective in the spirit realm. She taught me that it's knowing who you are, who you belong to, and who you represent, as well as the authority that represents you that gives you the power when you speak. Now I don't have to be loud. I can speak in a lower tone and still enforce Satan's defeat everywhere I go. Now that is a tip for someone. Back to my story. I had been noticing some activities on our street that concerned me. I was sensing some things that were going on that shouldn't be going on because it affected the safety of the children on our street. What I was sensing was confirmed by my husband when he came in the house and told me it was time to move because he had just witnessed a drug deal going down on the street. Well, I agreed with him that God would open a door for us to move. And then I asked God what he wanted me to do. He took me to Genesis 126, which tells me that we are to rule and reign in our domain. That we have authority over everything that creeps, crawls, flies, or swims. We're even to rule over every four-legged animal. Then he reminded me of the policeman at the road construction site and the authority that was invested in, in him by the city government that represented his badge. Then God told me, you have my authority to change that situation, and he asked me what I was going to do about it. Well, some things in life you'll never forget that you do, and this is one of those for me. It was mid-morning, so it was quiet on our street when I walked out into the middle of the street and just stood out there in the middle of the street down from our house. I kind of felt like I was at the OK Corral getting ready for the showdown. I raised my hands. And I pointed to the apartment building where the people lived that were dealing drugs. And I said, Satan and all your demons, I call you to attention in the name of Jesus. Spirit of addiction and destruction, I'm speaking to you. It's in the authority of the name of Jesus that I command you to get off my street. That was all I said. As I turned around and went back to the apartment, I thanked God that he took care of that situation for us things that I could see with my natural eyes had not changed. But I knew things had already began to change in the spirit realm. We went about our life and really didn't give it another thought because I knew I had released my authority through my faith-filled words when I spoke to that situation. And I knew that that power was backing me up. So I knew the situation was going to change. I compare this situation to the situation in the Bible when the centurion came to Jesus in Matthew 8, 8. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. He goes on to say in verse 9, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, Go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. I'm going to skip down to verse 13 that says, Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. This is a great example of the power that's available to us when we use our authority. You know, I just spoke the word to that situation and within two weeks, the people involved with that situation moved off our street. And the good news is, these are just two examples from my life of the results that you can have from exercising your authority over the tactics of the enemy. And the results of God's grace and favor in your life. You can be assured that if God did it for us he will do it for you because he is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he will do for another. As I close this week's podcast, I want to encourage you to find God's promise in his word that deals with your situation. Once you find your promise, then you can start taking authority over the attacks of Satan in your life by simply speaking your God given promises. As you resist Satan, he will flee from you. And remember, Keep speaking God's promise from His Word until you see things change in your life. Just because you don't see things change in the natural realm, you can trust God to know that things are changing in the spiritual realm. We receive things from God in the spirit realm first, and then they manifest in the natural realm. Just like the centurion you only have to believe. Trust in the power and authority that's backing you up today. Well, I invite you to join me again next week as I continue discussing the authority that we have as God's children. If you would like to share your testimony of how you're gaining victory in your life, please email me at lucia underscore at yahoo.com and put victory testimony in the subject line. If you want more information about your God-given authority, I invite you to visit my website, luciaclayborne.com. And remember, God's not mad at you, but He is mad about you. He wants you to walk in victory every day of your life in every area of your life.